Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Never Surrender. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Tuesday, July 19th in the year 2022. Patriots, there's a lot going on right now in our government that's not to our benefit. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight, how it's being undermined and pushed to the point of weaponized against us, which is a critical moment in our history and very much apropos with what the Declaration of Independence lays out, which is our duty to overthrow such a tyranny. We're going to have to discuss, get start facing that with some very clear eyes and be prepared to face some very difficult times ahead. We'll get into all of that very shortly. Before we begin tonight, mypillow.com forward slash bards is the Bards Nation's landing page. And it's a place for us to be recognized for all the great support that has happened with MyPillow. And MyPillow, as you know, has the My Slipper, which we made a big My Slipper day at Bards Fest. But they have literally gone like crazy and introduced all sorts of new slippers, sandals, and slide-ons, slip-ons. It's amazing. They've got all season, a whole line of all season slippers now, which are not lined. So you can wear them in the summer comfortably. They've got women's thong sandals. So you can slip those on and walk around with them. They have men's slide on sandals and they've got the full line, including the lined sandals. They're just amazing. And they, and these new sandals have this like all terrain four wheel drive, low, low tread on them. So, I mean, when you want to go out and like, you're like, I'm going to go climb a mountain. You don't have to get your boots on. You could literally put these sandals on. And according to what I see, I think they they might even have autopilot on them. <laughs> anyway, Patriots, check them out. They're really awesome. They're on sale right now, $49.98 and regular $139.98 with your promo code. Your promo code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And I'm telling you, they are super comfy, super fantastic. You're, it's one another one of those things like you're going to get a pair and go, okay. All right, Bards, I'll get myself a pair of slant sandals. And then you're going to start wearing them. You're going to go, I, I, I always love these. I always love these. Bards didn't have to tell me that. I knew in my heart that's exactly what I love was the My Slipper Slippers. So you need you need to have My Slipper Slippers. So check them out. And along with all the other great products that are on MyPillow, it's a website including their mattresses and their sheets and their pillows and all the things you possibly can't live without. Check it out. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Promo code Bards. And if you want to speak to a real live person, you call 800-975-2939. 800-975-2939. And there awaits for you a Patriot Pillow Counselor that will get you all hooked up. Patriots, right now we are in a really critical time across the globe. And this is going to be kind of a hard framing tonight because there has been this constant hope of, and I've talked so much about this, of don't have it, but I think people still cling on to it because by human nature, we always want to think that there's some white 
lining within all of this. We're in a disaster. We have governments that are fighting within each other, and we have people across the globe that have decided that it's a good idea one way or another to propel us into the fourth industrial revolution and the naivete that goes along with that to believe that you can rein, rein in artificial intelligence, that the bad guys want to use it for bad and the good guys think they can use it for good. There's all this obsession with technology being the new hope for humanity and the transition to transhumanism. And all of this was incubated by some very dark and evil minds that ultimately probably had dinner with Satan one night and he just said, hey, I've got something for you, and they all bit. That's the problem in the whole architecture of the political body right now. And this political mess is that it's two paths that are leading to the same destination. That's something we have to come to grips with if we're going to get through this and start to really break into the new opportunity, which I think is an incredible opportunity for humanity. But it does not rest in technologies. It doesn't rest in tyranny. And it does anchor itself on that rock of faith and relationship with God. So that's kind of the framing here. Because what's important to realize is when you're looking to the institutions that are corrupt to fix it for you or putting hope in institutions that are corrupt, it's not going to fix it for you. So let's begin tonight. I played this piece earlier today on Bended Knee. And I want to play this now again. This is a piece by Greg Reese from InfoWars. It's really on point with some of the things that we're witnessing and the perspective of why they're happening. Why are these leaders suddenly resigning? It's an important perspective to have as we start tonight. Thierry on Twitter wrote that everyone who touches Zelensky resigns, which is interesting. After failing the UK at every opportunity to serve globalist interests, Boris Johnson resigns as prime minister, to which the Russian Kremlin expressed good riddance. Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi, who helped deliver Italian weapons to Ukraine and rallied support for Ukraine's entry into the EU, announced his resignation. Last month, Estonian Prime Minister Kaja Kallas expelled the populist center-left center party, claiming that she needed to form a new government to support Ukraine in their war against Russia. And on Thursday, Kallas officially resigned as a formality to form a new government, which she has already reached a consensus between the center-right Reform Party, the Social Democrats, and the conservative Fatherland Party to form a new three-party government to support Ukraine. And Sri Lanka's president, Godabaya Rajapaksa, who supported the Ukraine despite sanctions crippling his own nation, emailed in his resignation after fleeing the country. Beyond resignations and beyond meet and greets with Ukraine's puppet president Zelensky, we have also just seen the assassination of popular anti-globalist leader Shinzo Abe and the dramatic loss of confidence expressed by the people towards Macron, Trudeau and Biden. What is happening here? On Celia Farber's The Truth Barrier, 
Catherine Austin Fitz explains that we are seeing a clean-out or political castration of leaders. Draghi, Johnson, Biden, Macron, Abe. Their political capital is exhausted and or they will not push the next wave aggressively. Mr. Global is looking to bring in a whole new round of fresh, meaner leadership. The next wave is total collapse. And it's not easy to find people willing to be the fall guy for the destruction of a nation. It takes a special type of person, which might explain why California Governor Gavin Newsom visited the White House right after Joe Biden was shuffled off to Israel to mumble about the Holocaust. Biden is even unsettling to the stupid, and this entire operation requires stupidity. So things are going to keep getting stranger, but it probably won't last much longer because the global financial reset is now imminent. Sri Lanka was just the beginning, and it looks like South Africa could be next, followed by everyone. The fiat fractional reserve banking scheme has been robbing the people blind for decades. But eventually, all the money runs out. And the financial pundits are all saying it's this year. The dollar has just reached parity with the euro. And fudging the numbers will no longer work. They have only one solution left, and that's war. War has often been used to save failing fiat currencies. And having no other options, the psychotic bureaucrats in charge will go to war with Russia, which will only hasten the financial collapse of the West. If it comes to World War III, then it will be the final death blow, making way for a new system. Which means that unless you're holding on to real money, you will soon be broke. Because all that paper in our wallets and numbers on our screens is going to soon be worthless. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Pages, their control systems are falling apart. And that's evidenced by one of the most simple headlines we could find on that, which is media confidence ratings are dropping to fresh new low records. With literally, and I'll read the beginning of this, Americans' confidence in two facets of news media, newspapers and television news, has fallen to all-time low points, just 16% of U.S. adults now say they have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in newspapers and 11% in television news. Those were the main instruments of control. The Internet has broken that up. The digital army has done an effective job, but for anybody to believe that that fight was going to be the end all, that's foolishness. These people are masters of the architecture and economics of the world. They are not going to surrender. The problem is they count on something very fundamental. They believe that their power is sufficient enough that most people will surrender. That's exactly where we can never stop. Because right now what they are doing is they're putting on a full court press. What you have to detach from is the idea that people within the institutions are going to help you. I'm not saying that everybody within the government is bad. Nor am I saying that everybody within the military is bad or police departments are bad or any of the agencies. There might even be somewhere in the bowels of the IRS somebody that's good. That would be a hard one to believe since that seems to be the center of demonic hell. But in general, they count on the idea that since they control 
the majority of the publicly funded institutions that the people will be compliant. And this is where people are getting tripped up. They are so concerned right now about the wrong things. They are obsessed with their 401ks. They are obsessed with their controls of what's going to happen tomorrow. Everything that we knew is broken. We just haven't come to that realization. And the fact is that we are literally at a state of war. If you didn't hear today, the Hoover Dam exploded. The other day, we had an we had oil refineries in Texas burning down. We have the war on food processing plants. And of course, it's a convenience thing to say, like many patriots have done, is to say, well, that's, that's the good guys burning them down. That is a logic of justification so that people don't have to face their own responsibility and they can bury their own fears. In war, you go by what you see and what you can prove, not what you hope for. There is no such thing as a strategy built on hope. Hope is foolishness, and we are at war. When you look at what's happening at the border, they're pushing in massive amounts of immigrants. Why? Because that's going to be their backfill. It's also their fighting age males that they're bringing into the populace, into the culture. This is going to keep put a lot of people uneasy tonight. They're going to start thinking that there is no hope. And that is the number one problem with Americans, period. And I'm going to make a blank, blanket statement as that we have been programmed to believe in white and black, good and evil. And people do not understand that in the flow of war, there is a tide that shifts and ebbs and flows. And those who are victorious are those that never quit. One of the most important things, never, ever quit. And I've seen people quitting. And if they would have held out longer, they would have been successful. I've seen it so much. I've seen some of the most brilliant people in the world that never made it because they were quitters. They were just quitters. They would quit. They would, they just couldn't take it. They couldn't, whatever. One of the things about loving what you do is that it's not work and therefore you don't quit automatically. It's a lot easier not to quit. But you can never give up. Now, you have to also have flexibility though. Uh, you can't necessarily say, I'm never giving up. I'm going to, and you got to be able to weave and bob. You don't have to go through a, a concrete wall. You have to have flexibility. You have to always be able to change course a little bit, maybe always with that same goal, but don't quit. And that's where we have to break that mentality. And the reason you can do that and the reason we can do that and say never quit, never give up, is I would hope that people are solid on that rock of faith and that you're facing these times fearlessly because of the relationship through Christ to the Father. But it's going to take that sort of spine to get through what's coming. It's very important to remember what exactly this fight is ultimately about. The Democrats don't care about Russia. They only care about their own political power. They went after my family, my business, my finances, my employees, almost everyone that I've ever known or worked with. But they are really going after you. That's what it's all about. And that is the absolute truth. Because we are the prize and we are the obstacle to their success. The United States has proven to be one of the most resilient nations in the history of man. And in spite of everything they've done between 
poisoning water, poisoning food, spraying crap in the atmosphere that we ingest, now waging a bioweapon war through us, on us through an injection, violating trust, using deception, using information wars to inf- influence us into decision processes, developing MK Ultra plants to cause false flags to try to pull away our guns, doing everything in their power to use tech to censor and to limit the freedom of speech, dissecting the Constitution and even removing it with the Patriot Act, and still people continue. They have taken God out of schools, God out of government, God out of every aspect of our lives. They bought off a large percentage of the churches. Many of our pulpits are run by gays. Many of our pulpits are more obsessed with the offering plate than the true message of Jesus. And yet we are still holding the line. This is why they're upping the game. And you have to be ready for what is going to come. With the media confidence now low and at its abysmal level, they have lost control of the narrative that is maintaining their power. And with it, there's an increasing level of reveals that are happening that's making them increasingly uncomfortable. They can't escape the failing economy. They can't escape the gas prices, they can't escape the knowledge of food plants burning down miraculously, spontaneously. They can't escape the realities of looming food shortages and a total implosion. What they had hoped to do in this process was to move this through steadily over several years rather than being accelerated into having to force the plan, their plan, into an 18-month window, which is exactly what they've done. In that framework, when you look at how these people do the same thing and they always reset to their plan and stay to it, they literally are stupid. And a lot of that comes from the simple fact that many of these people come from a bloodline and it's inbreeding and, quite frankly, their cognitive ability, their IQ, is dismally low. The real challenge ahead is whether people here in the United States are going to realize how much more power we have and if they have the backbone to be patriots. We fund this nightmare. We fund it through our taxes. You fund it through your investments in 401ks. You fund it through every time you participate in a big corporate box store and give them profits. All of that money is being channeled and focused. When we look at where our many, much of our money is gone and a large percentage of our federal budget goes to the military and other forms of military use, which is indirect, like State Department, USAID, and other aspects. They even use it to weaponize the welfare program to destroy black culture and to create dependency on the government. Our system has all been engineered to be weaponized against us, and they are on a full court press. So they're pushing aggressively now to make amnesty for illegal aliens a top priority. That's part of this week's push. They're trying to ban assault rifles. They're trying to do everything they can to put the pieces in place, not because they expect to be able to come in and take your guns or that you're going to expect to have illegal aliens suddenly turn into naturalized citizens in your neighborhood because they know what's coming and what's coming. The total collapse of the economy because the world that is built on the Federal Reserve note that is an integrated debt system and the entire world's bound by it. But here's the crazy part. BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, have now started to form a significant alliance. 
And as that alliance grows, you're watching the scramble of NATO, otherwise known as the Nazi Atlantic Treaty and Organization, and the NWO, also known as the Nazi New World, the Nazi World Order, otherwise known as the Fourth Reich. This is the formation, that umbrella that we're now living under. Our country is filled with great people, but we are we have been hijacked by a horrific evil that has its roots right back into Nazi Germany. And they have no intention of going away quietly or peacefully. They have infiltrated our military. They have infiltrated our agencies. They have turned full federal capacity against the people. And if you watch what they're doing and be, be, pay attention to what they're doing, they are weaponizing these federal agencies to wage war against we the people. Why? Because, patriots, this is what tyrannies always do. Tyrannies, when they start to collapse, and this is collapsing, and they're not going to be able to defeat the BRICS nations, at least not yet. What they're going to do is to attack all of those within their ranks to purge them so that they can reset. And what's that reset look like in the American dream? Well, that reset looks like eliminating every Christian believer out of this nation to turn this into a godless hell. And in the shortage of labor and in the shortage of capacity and the ability to, to not re, and the inability to recruit talented people, they will replace it with artificial intelligence and robotics. That's in their plan. When you start to see that plan, you start to understand why we are such a threat. Because we put our reliance not on them, but we rely fully and fearlessly with God and we don't care about them. This is when we have to become stronger and we have to double and triple down. And we have to do everything in our lives to separate ourselves from that matrix. That's an intentional act, and you do that through your relationship with God in prayer. We have to start believing in the power of prayer and believing in the wisdom and relationship God has and not being affected by the headlines and the stupidity that's running this nation. Because it's going to come a time, and there is a time always, that you have to draw a hard red line. As I've said many times now, we lead and fight with the sword of the spirit, but you keep the sword of steel strapped on your hip. They are preparing to do some very draconian things. And the thing is that the military is being undone. It's being re-engineered. In the latest, in the latest bill that's now before, it's in committee right now, and it's H.R. 4350, also known as the National Defense Act for 2021 to 2022, they have begun an extreme reformation of our military. Part of that shows up in Section 529 Alpha, or A, which is called Countering Extremism in the Armed Forces. They are doing a massive retraining and purge of anybody that finds alliance with what they term as countering extremism. Extremism now continues to anybody that believes in the Constitution, anybody that believes in the Declaration of Independence, and if you're worshiped God. The vax was the beginning of that purge. Those who refuse to align with the vax or, or take the vax in the military are being purged out because the mandatory vaccination in the military was an illegal order. Those that had the will to be able to stand up to that must go, and they're kicking them out. So they're weaponizing our military. And you would ask for what purpose, and the purpose is not for expeditionary work because they're not going to be able to win these wars with Russia, not as we currently stand. But I guarantee you in the bowels of the military-industrial complex, they're already planning for that next war. And what does that look like? 
it's going to be a high-tech war, robotics and remote fighting, because they don't need the number of people. They just need loyal drones to, to fight and control these robotics at a distance. You can expect in 2023, if they continue with their plan, that they would try to roll out a draft. And what will the draft focus on? It will focus on people that they will be considered loyal to the nation, loyal to the Biden nation, loyal to this communist nation. We're not a republic anymore. I want to play a two-minute and 35-second piece here from Eisenhower. It's his farewell address where he addresses the military-industrial complex. Vital element in keeping the peace is our military establishment. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action, so that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime, or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corporations. Now, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. Patriots, that was a speech given in his farewell address. That was President Eisenhower in his farewell address that warned us of this time to come. We are facing that sort of fight. And increasingly, we're starting to see how deep this goes. We have been heavily focused on the funding lines from Soros, but one of the groups we seem to forget are the Koch brothers who have taken over the Tea Party, who are funding a lot of these actions behind the scenes to make it look like they're pro-American, but all of them are anti-Trump. Some very good research is coming out that's even suggesting that some of the work that's been done in 
2,000 Mules was directed or funded by the Koch brothers' money. This is a fight not for America, but for a fight, like I've been saying, between the elites. And the one thing standing between them, whether they're on the right or the left, is 82 million people that President Donald J. Trump mobilized. And those people are standing strong. And this was a massive insurgency against us. We are going to have to make a hard decision now because most of those 82 million, at least a large percentage of them, didn't take the vax, have stood strong with God, and have stood strong in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and our love of the Bill of Rights. We are the greatest threat ever known to the elites, and we need to start owning that with pride. They want to weaponize all these agencies, but the thing to remember is these agencies don't have the numbers. What they have are the threat, and they have the mechanisms to deliver the threat. And so this is why we're also seeing so many of these rattling of sabers of signals of war. In another headline that was on yesterday, actually, or no, I'm sorry, today, earlier today, the U.S. signals Ukraine it can use HIMARS against Russian targets on Crimea. The State Department on Sunday implied that Ukrainian forces are allowed to use U.S.-provided high-mobility artillery rocket systems, HIMARS, against Russian targets in Crimea, which Russia has controlled since 2014. We have now declared an open war against the sovereign nation of Russia. Be clear about that. And because we've provided these rocket systems, it is a 100% guarantee we have provided with these rocket systems advisors. So we have Americans on site, on payroll of U.S. taxpayer dollars, advising or directly operating HIMARS systems to strike Russia-controlled territory that they controlled since 2014. I want you to think of what that would be like if Russia was in Cuba and decided to launch with via their advisors as a proxy an attack onto Florida. I think we know how that would end up. They're baiting a war right now. They have to because this entire thing around them, their debt economy is imploding, and as it implodes, it isn't that clean implosion they wanted. They didn't get the three years of lockdown or five years of lockdown. They didn't get to wear out the society. They didn't get everybody injected so they would get them poisoned and dying off, though the die-off is happening. But the die-off is happening a lot within those that they controlled, hence the rush to get more illegals in because they are losing their voting base by virtue of their voting base was the greatest group of retards known to humankind that accepted the vax and are now suffering the consequence. Their hope was to eradicate Trump supporters because we were the threat, but we stood the line because of incredible voices standing within the ranks and people talking and taking the pain of having to stand for truth, many, many, many lives were saved. And the vax was not taken by a large percentage of those that stood with liberty. And furthermore, many of the independents that were out here are now come over to the same side and even some moderate Dems who have realized and made the choice that it was the wrong way to go. Their ranks are imploding. And so this is why we see the rise of the freak show. Every time you turn around, it's another man wearing a skirt claiming to be a woman. And we have people that apparently don't understand biology or we can't say it because we're not a biologist. And we have these gender flippers, weenie snippers running our government and running the whole parade. This is truly a clown show. 
and it's at, at the core of this clown show, is a very important understanding of what's happened. I'm going to play about four minutes of a very important piece by Yuri Bezmanov. He was a KGB defector. This was recorded in 1984. Take a listen. Well, you spoke several times before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriyatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense, an economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. 
the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kind of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marxist-Leninists when they come to power. And that's what happened in Nicaragua. You remember most of these uh, former Marxist-Leninists were either put to prison or one of them split and now he's working against Sandinistas. It happened in, in uh, uh, Grenada when Maurice Bishop was, he was already a Marxist, he was executed by, by a new Marxist who was more Marxist than this Marxist. Same happened in Afghanistan when uh, first there was Taraki, he was killed by Amin, then Amin was killed by Babrak Karman with the help of KGB. Same happened in, in Bangladesh when Mujibur Rahman, very pro-Soviet leftist, was assassinated by his own Marxist-Leninist military comrades. It's the same pattern everywhere. The, the time bomb is ticking. With the time bomb is ticking. <clears throat> and it's real. This was done in 1984. And Yuri Bezmanov has given one of the most accurate testimonies of what has happened today. One of the things I have kept and I have said and I keep warning about and I'm very sincere about it and you will hear it till you probably get sick of hearing it. You cannot give your trust openly to people in uniform. This is the greatest weakness that the movement, in my opinion, has is that there is this cultural programming of guilt that people did not serve their nation. Our nation did not start with people in uniform. It started with patriots with God in their heart, strong pulpits, strong understanding of that there were lines that we would not cross, that we would fight to the death for our liberties. This is what we are now. From my perspective, and you need to hear me clearly, I could care less whether you wore a uniform or not. What I care about now is where is your heart to fight for this country? And when you see a person in uniform, if you see a person in uniform coming down your street, you need to remember something. They were ordered to be there. You have chosen to stand in this fight. 
This is where the strength has to come from because we cannot openly give loyalty to those in the power in the positions of power, not in this time. It is too corrupt. And so for those in uniform, hear these words, you have to justify and prove your loyalty to this nation. We have seen too much of this in the men in blue. We've seen too much of this in the purging of good military people to be able to openly trust these organizations anymore. And that's going to be up to us to make these decisions as we go forward. This is part of growing up as a nation. We have never had to face the military being used against the populace like this. We got close in the 60s. We witnessed a war on our soil in the Civil War. But now it's a very different time. We're seeing the weaponization of our military. It's in, even in this bill, H.R. 4350, which you can look it up. And if you just focus on Section 529 Alpha, countering extremism in the armed forces, what is most amazing about this sec- section, section right here is that the military is working in conjunction with Homeland Security. Why is that a big deal? Because there's something called Posse Comitatus. And Posse Comitatus is the division of power, which prevents the military from outrightly operating in, on American soil against American people. But Homeland Security doesn't fall under Posse Comitatus because it falls under the Department of Justice which is about policing. They're technically police officers. When the U.S. military is now working with Homeland Security on the idea of countering extremism, that's no longer a within-the-ranks issue. That's now becoming a domestic issue to purge people that don't fit within their agreement of what that looks like. And And what does that look like, like I've said? It is the view that those of Christian belief, those of standing with the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, those believing in the Bill of Rights, we are the greatest threat to the nation because it is what usurps their power. And by definition, we are 100% right. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Our government has turned against us. And those in the ranks of government, if you're sitting quiet and you think you're loyal to this country, you're not. The time is going to come very quickly where the true sense of the threshing floor will become real. And we're going to have to make some hard decisions. When you put all this in framing and you understand what I've been talking about for the last two years of county by county, this is at the core of it. That our local communities is where we not only have the greatest influence and potential to secure strong homelands in this fight, sanctuaries, but you also have the power of the sheriff And the sheriff needs the power of the people to be able to stand up and use the full weight of their power. Remember, sheriffs are the only law enforcement position in the country. For that matter, the only position in the country other than the president that can mobilize a posse. In other words, they can mobilize their own defense force for the county. 
This is a very critical time to understand these things and to be prepared. This is not a time to be whining and complaining and to be worrying and wringing your hands. If that's the way you want to fight, you need to step out of the fight because you're a liability. We need strength and patriotism. We need strength in people that stand boldly with God first. And we have to understand what this fight is ultimately about. This fight is about the saving of humanity. This has nothing to do with a specific country, though hopefully at the end we'll be able to see this nation rise once again. But it also has to do with our obedience to God. The one thing they do not have in all this fight is a faith in God. Their God is cheap. Their God is a, is a charlatan. Their God is a promiser and a trickster. And their God is nothing in the eyes of the Lord. But the problem we continue to have is we tend to look at Scripture, not as a testimony to the power of God, but as if they're old stories telling us about how God worked. I got news for you. God never stopped working. He never stopped doing mighty things. He never stopped leading his people if people trust in him and put weight in what he wisdom he provides. What we have lost is that intimacy within the Lord for us to truly walk with him and have him guide us and trust that what he's doing for us and guiding us is the right thing. Because our world right now is shaped around the me. Every bit of propaganda, every bit of influence, every bit of world around us is telling you, telling me that we get to decide our destiny. Our destiny was never decided by us. Our destiny, if properly walked, if we walked it correctly in alignment with God, was led by Father the whole time. This is our greatest weapon. And let me be clear, because Scripture shows this. If you're one of these that says, well, yes, but all we're going to do is we're going to pray and everybody's going to be happy and it's all going to be love, you need to go back to Scripture because that's not what it says. Scripture is a testimony to the trials of man against evil. Sometimes there's a Jericho where every man, woman, child, and donkey is slain by the sword of steel. Sometimes it's a David where the key force that's holding the pin together that keeps all the evil united is destroyed by a single stone that's penetrated through his skull and drops him to the ground after David withdraws his sword or pulls his sword from Goliath's own sheath and cuts off his damn head. That's not metaphor. And then the army pursues the Philistines and destroys them. But there's also the whole idea in the scripture that when we don't line up with God, when we continue to wander out into the world, then we might get overrun like the Chaldeans did and overran Israelites because they didn't come back to God. Habakkuk plead and pleaded and ultimately came to the understanding that the only way through for him and anybody else was just to trust in the Lord, but the Lord was going to have to destroy what they had and subject them all to slavery for them to pull their head out of their backside and realize that he was their true father. That's not a path I intend to walk if I have any influence, and I hope you won't either. This is why it takes such courage right now, such strength, such power to stand up in front of this evil and proclaim the Lord first and foremost in all things, as David did in front of Goliath. And God also reminds us that he doesn't need millions. 
when we see the story of Gideon, we see those that did not have the purity of heart. Tens of thousands left. He gets watered down to 300. And what were those 300? They were the true pure in heart that trusted in the Lord and they understood this presence of warfare and what it took to be completely focused and not doling out their trust willy-nilly. Trusting in the Lord is one thing, but this idea of constantly trusting in politicians and trusting in a military and trusting in somebody else to fix it, that's not the path of God. This is a mighty spiritual war. It is one of the greatest spiritual wars in the annals of human existence. You're in it. I'm in it. You can either be remembered as part of the victory or you can be cast aside as one of those that is forgotten because you had no true faith in God. This is not a game. And the realities and the joy and the fun that we like to play and this idea, this illusion of safety, it's crumbling around all of us. You can panic, in which case get a shovel and start digging a hole so you can put yourself into a bunker and put a lid on it. Or you can stand boldly Continue what you need to do to get your seven pillars in place in the county by county to make sure that your home is solid with God, to make sure that you have all the pieces in place to endure and not just to endure, but then to expand out the kingdom from your home. Each one of us then becomes a small firebase, a firebase in the spiritual war where we then will be able to launch attacks through prayer, through influence, through helping our neighbor and to build that community that then stands boldly in the time of crisis and becomes awake and is able to stand as one force united under God against whatever tyranny they try to throw at us. This is the fight we're in. It's real. It's tangible. It's palpable. The timing, I don't know. I will never predict time. I just know that there's no time to waste. The time is now to get clear, to be clear with what your relationship is with God, what your relationship is in this fight, and to be honest with yourself. But there is no time for weakness. The threshing floor is getting cleared. You can't walk on both sides. You're on one side or the other. And the clock is ticking. And they think they've got it won. And I have news for them. They have not even met the greatest force yet. And that's God's army. And however many stand in that line, God will use. And as long as we are true in our hearts to what he's asking us to be, which is to trust in him and to live through him, I will only say this. God help those that seek to buck that offensive because they will lose. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight, eyes open, humbled, yet resolved. And for all those that will join in this prayer tonight, this is not a prayer of peace, but a prayer of call to arms. We have a government that has turned against us, Father betrayed us, betrayed everything about what this nation was intended to be. We have people that are willfully complying to orders. They've they've reduced themselves to hand puppets of a tyranny. And within this, we have this unique and mix of people, many of whom have never envisioned being in an army, never envisioned being in a war. So, Father, tonight we pray that they will feel the strength of what it is to fight in your army. 
to cast away the foolishness of what Hollywood has put in their head of what a war is and start understanding what the true nature of this fight is. That the army that you're raising up, the army that you're mobilizing is an army of incredible diverse talents. That every single person as they lean into their gifts and talents has something to contribute. But they must contribute it with fearlessness. They must contribute it with boldness. They must contribute it with a purity of heart that has cast away the idols and idolatries and the obsessions of the money culture and put themselves forward on this line to fight this evil that's coming at us. Let us praise those that, from the baker to the musician to the artist, to the person that is just good at meeting and talking to people, as much as we praise those that can wield the sword of steel. For this is an army of diversity of unprecedented kind, not diversity in the way that they speak, but an army, Lord, that you have risen has incredible flexibility and adaptability that with the resolve in you, we know will never quit. So Father, we pray tonight just for that strength to swell into the hearts of the many that are willing to hear and listen, to stand boldly, to never quake, to never fear, to never have an anxiety, and to know truly that our mission is here and now, and this is why we are here. And in the end, no matter what becomes of this physical body, that commitment The same commitment that Christ gave on the cross for our salvation is what we must give now for this world and this humanity. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So patriots, strap on the pack, tighten up your bootstraps, keep your head on a swivel. These aren't times to play. They're times to enjoy every moment we have, as we do, because that's one of our greatest strengths is humor and laughter. But don't lose focus on where the enemy is and what they're doing. But don't be intimidated. We have God. They have, I don't know what they call him. Depends on what day it is. But he's a two-bit fool. And in the end, he'll be crushed. As long as we stay true in our heart with the forgiveness in our soul, the seeking of repentance of this nation and the ferocity of a lion as we confront an enemy that thinks they can intimidate us with words and threats and fear. We will not bow. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. We need a lot of prayers for that warrior spirit to rise. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards F or Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. 
Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 